Brought to you by Mountaineer fans, for Mountaineer fans, the Country Road Webcast. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into Season 5, Episode 146 of the CRW Podcast here, our Iowa State Preview and Predictions Edition. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Cruz, joined by my co-host, Steven. What's going on, everybody? And we're going to dive in and preview the Mountaineers' matchup as they head to Ames, Iowa State and the Mountaineers battling to stay out of the Big 12 basement. Whoever loses this game will be there as the Big 12's 10th place team. So don't want to take another loss here if you're the Mountaineers. Plus, final four games here, the Mountaineers sitting at three and five. They have to win three out of the final four if they want a shot at bow eligibility. Still not mathematically eliminated from that there, but got to go down to Ames, a tough place to play, a place where you've struggled, and try and beat the Cyclones if you want to have a chance to do that, this is arguably the most winnable game left on the schedule for the Mountaineers, but we will dive in a little bit more on the preview of that as we go along. Before we get into that a little bit, let's talk a little bit of off-topic battle. All right, so off-topic babble here is where we like to dish on anything, you know, off-topic from the Mountaineers what we've been doing, you know, movies we've seen, books we've read, just anything we really want to touch on, you know, could be pop culture news, anything really. But having said that, Stephen, uh, what do you got this week for uh, off topic babble? Man, uh, I've been, I've been playing a lot of the uh, modern warfare too. Oh, I've heard it's very good. Uh, I'm not very, very good at it, but the game <laughs> itself is very, very good. I've enjoyed, enjoyed it for the most part. Somebody else told me that. I think I think my my cousin was telling me about it. Said like it was super hard though. He said uh, it took me like three hours of playing to get about two or three kills. But yeah, it's a, it's a lot different if if you've played any of the past Call of Duties. I mean, they change quite frequently from game to game. But this one is it's just hard to see. I, that's not the right way. I don't know. It's they don't let you upgrade your guns as fast as they have in past modes. Mm. I think that's interesting. Interesting. I'm gonna, I'm hopefully, check, I'm gonna, you know, I haven't got the next gen system yet, but I'm planning on doing it. Of course, you know, the college football game coming out uh, July 2023. So first Sir. of the year, I'm getting a getting a PS5. 
got to have it for that. You know me, I'd be playing the college football. So I'm still on the 360 on there, on, playing online dynasties on the last college football game they released back in, you know, 2014 or 2013, whatever it was. So, yeah. you know, almost a decade later, finally getting it back, you know, better late than never. So I'm definitely getting the next-gen system, you know, January, February, March, somewhere in there. So I might have to hop on that Call of Duty as well when I do it. Yeah, I've I've been so excited about that new college football game because I I haven't stayed on the old systems. I've been the one that's you know upgraded every time that they've came out with a new right. one. Um, with I've I've got this the Series X right when they first launched them, which is the first time I've ever done that. I've never gotten a console right you know as soon as they came out. But hey, it's it's been a pretty good console for the most part. Although you know when I first got it, I had to send it back because it kept shutting off. So. PS5 yeah. might be the right way to go. Um, uh, well, you know, I haven't had a PlayStation since like the PS2 because had the 360, then the Xbox One, and then of course I ended up going back. You know, playing. I never really stopped playing the college football that much on the 360 just for like a year period. But then once I went back and got into it heavy and seeing people were still playing online dynasties, my Xbox One just sat and collected dust for about a year. Or so eventually, just sold it and just waiting on the next gen and then once they announce college football i'm like whenever that comes out that's when i'll get the console so and it comes out july so i'm just got to get it before july so that's my plan but yeah yeah, yep i I think uh i think me and the uh the old lady were actually talking about getting uh i actually i had the series x the xbox series x we were talking about actually getting uh a ps5 to go along with it just so we can well you may as well that way we can you know play the game together at least yeah, well, I, if I do that, I'll have I to mean, get the game on both, the PlayStation the, and the Xbox. But hopefully they make it cross-plat. I was about to say, I know the, uh, a lot of the games are now, but I don't think EA Sports really does, though, like because I know Madden's not and stuff, so I'm not expecting it to be probably, but you never know. Yeah. I don't know why. But. Yeah, I don't know why either. I, I've always thought that was the silliest thing. I don't see what they have to gain by not making it cross-platform. If anything, you you know you lose things by not making it cross-platform because you don't have as many people to me the more people that you have playing the game together the more money that or the more chance i guess you have at microtransactions which is the main the main thing that they try to drive in video games nowadays anyway so that's all they care about so uh, yeah it doesn't make any sense to me that they don't i don't either i don't understand it uh, no, there's there's no way you're losing any money by doing it. You know what I'm saying? People are still buying the game either way. So I'm with you. I don't understand why they wouldn't. Um, trying to think if I've um, watched anything recently. Not nothing new, I don't think. I haven't watched anything new recently, really. Uh, like I said, I still want to get out and watch Black Adam. I haven't got a chance to do that yet. Um, you know, recording this first day in November. So I went through, you know, been watching the Halloween movies, of course, with the Halloween season. I watched those, but the one bit of thing I did want to talk about was something that did break on Halloween news-wise, and that's that they're having a Friday the 13th prequel series called Crystal Lake. It's going to be on Peacock, and it's coming from A24. That's the company that's producing it. Interesting because Friday the 13th has been tied up in legal battles since 2009. One, like the original producer and the original writer of the first movie were uh, in, suing each other back and forth or whatever. So that's finally, I guess, resolved now, and I think they're working together on this so something friday the 13th for the first time in like 13 years so you know michael just had his run getting jason back now you got to get freddie back and then have all three of the big you know horror icons uh back you know modern day so 
I'm hoping to see that. You know, I don't know if Jason's going to make an appearance in the series with it being a prequel and all, but hopefully, you know, fingers crossed it'll be something. But it's good to see it at least, you know, out of the out of the court system and back into where some people can actually enjoy the content. Yeah, I know that that's something that's probably got to be absolutely exciting to you as a horror fan. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. For sure. For sure. I can't wait. Hopefully it turns um, out good. I think with A24, it'll be interesting because, you know, A24 does, you know, that highbrow, you know, elevated horror type stuff, really. But it's kind of it's going to be interesting because they're kind of the opposite of like the slasher genre. That's kind of, you know, the elevated horror is kind of like the antithesis of that. So it's kind of weird that they would be the ones to get, you know, a slasher property. So I'm interesting to see what they do with it. But the fact they're doing a prequel, who knows, they may do something different and heady with it. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, hopefully they do some creative stuff with it. I always like to see what they do with with modern day stuff like that and then the new technology that they they have that they can make stuff with. I wanted to uh to shout out at the game on Saturday in the student section. Uh, I I've mentioned it before. We sat right beside the student section where our seats are and um there was a giant beach ball that someone had blown up. Okay, and the point of this story is that there was a uh, an event staff worker who I don't know the name of, but is a very very much on my on my not nice list right now because he he ended that party for the the giant beach ball very quickly but here's where the story goes awry there was a student a brave soldier who got the beach ball and threw it over the upper deck onto the lower deck so that the fun could continue with the giant beach ball okay this this gentleman, this kid, this student of WVU who we love so much, the school that we love so much, was kicked out of the game for throwing the beach ball over the, wow. the upper deck. And oh, this upper deck, this beach ball was put on the jumbotron at Milan Puskar Stadium. Okay, so obviously the school, you know, people working the it's the game, encouraged. Yeah, approved of the giant beach ball. <coughs> Sorry, I get choked up when I'm talking about it. it makes me emotional. It's that for the guy, you know. This was in the heat of the game. We needed, you know, this was in the fourth quarter. This could have this was right in the pivotal part of the game, man. That's extra so that guy, That that one decibel, you know what I mean? That one point yep. three of a decibel could have made a difference. Been the difference. So yep. so I just want to say shout out to the to the WVU student beach ball guy and and screw you to the to the event staff worker because i've been yeah. seeing you every game this year if you're watching this this podcast which i know it's a long shot you probably don't but if you no are watching not. no one does no one likes you man even my papa was fussing at you and that takes a lot buddy he was not oh, happy yeah. that's when you know you're in the wrong there yeah, yeah uh so to that student uh we just want to personally at the country roads webcast issue an apology on wvu's behalf to you because uh you were just wrong there but yeah. you know that's all. That's you were, it. You were just trying to encourage fun in a negative, in a negative scene at the time, and and we applaud you for that, young sir. That we do. That we do. Beautiful, beautiful. So, having said that, I guess uh, we can dive in on some uh, mountaineer news. All right, mountaineer news here is where we like to dish on. Mountaineer football news and Mountaineer basketball news that's occurred since we last met with our last preview episode last week. So, Stephen, what's been going on on the basketball front as far as basketball news? 
Yeah, well, obviously the Mountaineers played Bowling Green in the uh, the scrimmage um, last week. West Virginia was successful in uh, in beating uh, Bowling Green. Uh, West defensively, I think we looked we looked really good. Um, um, me and me and Cruz were talking before the show and said that this was this looked like a truly hugs coached basketball team, and I and I would agree with that. Um, I think offensively we have improvement. I think there's a lot of room for room for improvement in in that respect. But I think we we'll, we could be potentially a pretty good basketball team. Um, other than that, I'm I'm probably the worst um, basketball news host for WVU ever because I, I know that we have I know that we have a commitment, but I'd be remiss if I didn't mention how busy I've been lately. I do not know. I do not remember the name of that kid. Um, but I know that people are excited about him. I know that he's pretty big get and a pretty big commitment. So, so that's the news. If you have Google, look his name up and and there you go. I was going to look it up, but I can't get my phone to cooperate. I think it's Perez. I think it's the last name. I'm blanking on the first name, but from, uh, from Manhattan and, uh, think where was he before marquette and gardner Webb. i think were the other two schools he played for if i'm not mistaken but yeah i've uh, been that. described as a as a scorer but not really a shooter doesn't really shoot particularly well from the three-point line uh, one of the comparisons i heard like to his style of scoring not necessarily that he's the exact same type of player was like a teddy allen the way he scored just kind of a different type of scorer but that he does have a knack for scoring and for getting to the foul line so hopefully that would help yeah, Teddy Allen, where's he at? Is a uh, 28th school by now? Who knows? I was about to say, he played. I love Teddy Buckets, man. I, like, I love Teddy yeah, Buckets. He's a good player. He's a good player. He just he, he moved around a lot, that's for sure. But yeah, I think I think if you do get him, and uh, I don't know when he'll be eligible. Some people were talking like West Virginia's going to try and petition since his coach was fired to get him, you know, immediately eligible. But he will be able to play this season. It's just a matter of if it'll be you know, to begin the season or after like the first semester. So, you know, after like first of the year, probably January sometime, see him. Yeah. But I think adding him would be good because, like you said, the one thing that it looked like this team was lacking a little bit or the offense was lagging behind the defense a little bit, I guess you could say, and they could use some more scoring. So if the defense and rebounding looks to be improved as it does and you can get a little bit extra scoring with this guy, I think it would be a, a big pickup for the Mountaineers late. Yeah, absolutely. It's just weird how the transfer portal works now and you can get guys like – I mean, it's like the NFL trade market right now, you know, or the, yeah, the NBA trade is. market. It's almost like free agency. I mean, it truly, truly like, is. You've already played, you know, two scrimmages. You got your first game in about a week, and you just now adding a guy to the roster potentially. So I mean, you know, it's, it's better than the trade market in a way because you don't have to exchange anybody. It's just if a guy wants to leave and go somewhere else, he can. You know what I mean? Yep. And it's I, it's wild. It's a wild it time. Is. Wild time in college sports for sure. So I guess uh, Mountaineer football news here. Don't don't really got too much. I just wanted to provide a little injury update before we get in and talk about this upcoming game against Iowa State. So you know who's kind of going to be in, who's going to be out for the Mountaineers as far as what we know at this point anyway. And the one big piece of news that came out as far as that's concerned is C.J. Donaldson and his status. We talked previously, didn't think it was good. The diagnosis didn't appear to be good. And evidently it was not. He already has underwent season-ending surgery. Not a knee injury, some type of leg injury for whatever reason. They did not elaborate exactly, but he was – Neil Brown was asked by Greg Hunter if it was a knee injury. He said, no, not a knee. 
something that shouldn't keep him out significantly, you know, for a long period of time, just out for the remainder of this season. So hopefully he'll be able to participate in the full offseason for the Mountaineers and make it back. Uh, Rashad Ajayi at corner, probable, hopefully going to play this game. James Gimitter is going to be out again for the Mountaineers. And thoughts and prayers go out to James Gimitter and his family as well as he's dealing with the loss of his mother. We've learned, you know, from Neil Brown in his press conference this week. Hate to hear that. Uh, Great guy, been a great player for the Mountaineers and a mainstay on that offensive line, and we'll hope to see him back soon and wish him well in the meantime. No, that's definitely hard, and he's going through a lot. Uh, as far as the other uh, members of the offensive line, Doug Nestor, who was out the previous game, they're expecting to be back for this game against Iowa State. Lance Dixon will remain out for the Mountaineers at linebacker. Questionable is Tony Mathis at running back. Going to see how he practices this week. And then at corner, two other players that missed last week were Jacoby Spells and Mumu Benwahad. Both of those guys will be probable. And you'll have Justin Johnson, hopefully close to full health. Um, if Tony Mathis can't go, it'll be Justin Johnson and Jalen Anderson as the backs for the Mountaineers. And they are traveling uh, Marquand Rucker, the former walk-on as well, who will be the three backs if Tony Mathis can't go. Um, other than that, of course, we've got the game coming up at hand that we're going to discuss in this one, and that's the Mountaineers traveling to Ames, Iowa to take on the Iowa State Cyclones. 3.30 kick. This one's going to be televised on ESPN+. Plus. If you got ESPN+, Plus, you can check that out. If not, have to hear it on the radio call from Tony Caridi, who, of course, does a great job and better than those television announcers anyway, in my opinion. But having said that, let's dive in a little bit on that. Let's get into this preview of the matchup against Iowa State. Okay, so the West Virginia Mountaineers at 3-5 and five travel on the road to Ames, Iowa to take on the Iowa State Cyclones, who also sit at 3-5. and five. However, they are sitting with zero conference wins at 0-5 and five in Big 12 conference play, while the Mountaineers have at least secured one of those and are at 1-4 in Big 12 conference play. So as I stated earlier, both teams trying to stay out of the Big 12 basement. Iowa State particularly is going to be hungry for their first conference win. We're going to dive in on both sides of the ball here briefly, talk about the matchup of the West Virginia offense versus the Iowa State defense and the Mountaineers defense against the Cyclone offense. But before we do that, Stephen, just kind of your brief brief opening thoughts, rather, on this matchup against Iowa State. Uh, two teams, you know, like I said, battling to, you know, get some wins in conference play here, particularly Iowa State seeking their first one. Oh, man, I really, really thought you were going to say battling to be the worst team in the conference. But either well, way, yeah. either way, you know, either you one is true. You can put it that way. Yeah, but um, yeah, I'm not. I really thought that West Virginia played with. I w- I won't even say that they played a good game on this past Saturday against TCU, and I know a lot of people are saying that it was close. I mean, they're contributing. I guess a, a lot of that to how much we fought, but I I I don't know. I don't see it. I think that it's it's more of how bad TCU played for one because West Virginia didn't play a good football game, especially defensively. Offensively, they played they played really well at times, but defensively, they were atrocious. Uh, again, you're going into another week playing a pretty good defense, and, you know, our offense hasn't looked that great, especially later in the game. You get you lose C.J. Donaldson for the season. Uh, J.T. Daniels looked like he, you know, was wearing a blindfold out there most of the game. I don't know what that was attributed to more of if it was attributed to pressure, if the receivers are just thrown off the routes. Um, I, you know, I don't know what – even live, it, it was hard to tell because early in the game you could see that it was happening. And trust me, I was watching to see what was happening. Um, 
and there were some PI calls that were missed. That's very true. There were some late calls, late hit calls. One in particular that was very blatantly a late hit that was picked up. Uh, so there were there were missed calls, but uh, I just I don't see enough out of this offense as of late to to prove to me that they can you know win this game what the way that our defense is played even as bad as our Iowa State offense has been and they may be a, wor- a worse football team than West Virginia is in my mind um, in a lot of respects but West Virginia just traditionally doesn't play good on the road for one and especially up in Ames at Jack Trice. Yep. Yep. I'd agree with you hundred percent. And I think, you know, that's the one thing that I'm kind of looking at that worries me a little bit is the cohesion between the two sides of the ball, you know, being able to be there for each other through adversity, you know, you're down, I'm going to pick you up and vice versa, because it's like the defense has struggled, you know, most of the season. And I don't want to say it's like the offense has resented that and they're not scoring on purpose or anything, but it's it's probably getting to the point where maybe there may be, you know, I'd, I've heard, you know, that there was some arguments between the two sides of the ball on the sidelines. You know what I'm saying? That's just rumor. That's just speculation. Who knows about that? But I'm talking just if you look last game specifically, the defense as bad as they were in that second half, they gave West Virginia, you know, three different chances there late to, you know, tie the game or take the lead. And the offense let them down. And it's almost like, because then you got to think about it from this perspective, the offense let them down there. If the defense is to say anything about that, the offense has, you know, plenty to come back with. Well, where have you been all season? You know, you're here today where you've been all season. So I could definitely see where the argument could start between the two sides of the ball. But you can't have that, especially if you're a team trying to seek bowl eligibility here. you got to come together and not fall apart. And I think West Virginia is really going to need that in this game and need both those sides to, you know, be working, you know, cohesively for West Virginia to win. You know, they're going to have to play complimentary football and like you said in a place they've struggled in Ames Iowa so let's talk about each sides of that football now let's start with the West Virginia offense since we were kind of talking about it briefly anyways against the Iowa State defense this is kind of the matchup of strength on strength in this game Iowa State you know statistically maybe the best defense in the conference we know they've done a great job of that in recent years with John Haycock and the schemes he's designed to stop these big 12 RPO offenses you know early, you know, four or five years ago that the rest of the conference has copied and a lot of the nation has copied, you know, some of those schemes since then. So we know that they're always good there defensively. Will McDonald's a great pass rusher for them, and they've got players at each level that can make plays, and they make it really tough for you to run the football, and they really are good at taking away opposing offensive strengths. As far as West Virginia is concerned, I think despite, you know, the aforementioned letdown that they – suffered last game not being able to score there late when they had a chance to beat, you know, a top 10 opponent and had plenty of chances to do so. For the most part, their numbers have been good this season. They've done a good job of scoring. The thing that they've lacked to me is explosion. I don't know if that matters in this game because Iowa State's typically not a team that gives up the explosive play anyways. They want, you know, like the way they they make you have those long methodical drives. I think the one thing going for West Virginia is, they're a balanced offense that has made that kind of their style anyways is having these longer 14, 15 play methodical drives. So maybe that plays into their favor a little bit in this one. I know the Iowa State defense is tough, but West Virginia has shown that they know how to attack it. Even last season, you know, a West Virginia team that was struggling found a way to beat an even better Iowa State team and, you know, have their best offensive performance of the season. So you've got to hope that they're able to do that again. But in turn, Iowa State's watching that film as well. So it's going to be an interesting matchup here. Like I said, Stephen, strength on strength. West Virginia's had a good offense this season. Iowa State 
one of the conference's better defense. What are you looking at as far as this matchup is concerned? Uh, well, you know, for the most part, West Virginia going up against strength on strength this season hasn't played out for West Virginia. It's been, you know, the the opponent that's came out on top of West Virginia when it's been that way. So I'm not too too optimistic once again. I wish that I could say that, uh, you know, there was any part in me that could, thinks we could go up there and win. And I think that we could go up there and be competitive, but I just – I think with – History not being on our side, injuries not being on our side, the way we've played as a whole, even if we didn't have those injuries, um, it just, I don't know. I can't, I can't see West Virginia pulling it out this weekend. And if they do, then uh, I don't I, I, I don't know. I'm one, yeah. I'm one pessimistic fan this season. I think, once. <laughs> I think, I think most, most everyone is at this point, even, you know, you're, the most optimistic fan right now is probably not too optimistic, but you know, you're hopeful. And I think, you know, as I said, the one thing you're looking at with this game, probably when you're looking at the remaining four games you have is like, well, this is the most winnable one. If we're going to win any of these final four games, this has to be one of them. And if we're going to, you know, try and go get a bowl bowl game, which, you know, I think we both believe is far fetched at this point, but it's still possible. And if you are going to, you got to win this game uh, for sure. I think so. You know, that's just a little bit of our thoughts about the West Virginia offense versus Iowa State defense. Flip it over to the other side where you have the two units that have been the weak points of their teams, respectively, that being the West Virginia defense and the Cyclone offense. The Iowa State offense has really struggled this season. They're only averaging 21.6 points per game, only 370 total yards, 272 passing, and they've really struggled to run the ball, averaging less than 100 yards per game at 97. And I think that's where it's really hurt this Iowa State offense is Something we've seen in the past, they've had great running backs, you know, David Montgomery, Brees Hall, both NFL running backs. And, you know, they losing both those guys. They've kind of taken a step back in the run game, and that's what really seemed to hurt them offensively. So it's, you know, one of the – statistically probably the worst offense in the Big 12, but statistically West Virginia is one of the worst defenses, not only in the Big 12, but nationally. And I think Iowa State not being able to run the football, West Virginia is good at stopping the run, so it's going to make Iowa State one-dimensional and they're going to be passing the football more. I think the downside of that, the negative point of that, is that's not a good thing for West Virginia if somebody's one-dimensional throwing the football because that's where West Virginia really struggles is when teams come out and pass the football. And we've seen teams that are normally more run-heavy come out and try and attack West Virginia through the air because they know that's the weak point. So is West Virginia going to be the get-right game for this struggling Iowa State offense? Are you afraid of that, Stephen, or do you think this Mountaineer defense – shows that this Iowa State offense is very bad, or do you think Iowa State puts up a performance that shows us just how bad this West Virginia defense is? What are your thoughts on this matchup heading into this game against the Cyclones? Um, unfortunately, it's the latter. I think that um, West Virginia hasn't done anything to show improvement, especially in the secondary all season long. They've they've just gotten worse week by week, um, and a lot of that's attributed to the injuries um, and, and lack of depth. Uh, and you and we have a lot of youth back there, but we, the most important thing that we lack is speed. We have no speed on the back end uh, to keep up with a lot of these receivers. And even with an offense like like Iowa State has, they have guys on the outside with speed, and they will get they will you know our secondary guys will get burnt on the outside um, if they decide to go over top, which I 
fully expect them to do. Uh, I, as I mentioned to you earlier, I think anybody with a brain would pass on West Virginia. I think a, mm-hmm. a toddler team can go out there and just toss it around on West Virginia and they would look lost <laughs> at this point. Um, so. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, you're in dire straits on that side of the football for sure. And especially when the injuries adding up, you know, they're the one, you know, I think silver lining is you do have Charles Woods back. And I think that's a guy you're really going to need in this game because as bad as the Iowa State offense has been, the one bright spot, you know, of course, it's Xavier Hutchinson who's been there. I believe this is his third season now, uh, super senior, I believe. But he's the most targeted receiver, not only in the Big 12, but one of the most targeted receivers nationally. And I think for West Virginia, being able to have Charles Woods and match him up on him one-on-one in a lot of situations can help you because if you didn't have Charles Woods, I'd be a lot more worried that this would definitely be a breakout game for the Iowa State offense. Not saying that it still won't be. I think that they'll perform better than they have throughout the rest of the season against this West Virginia defense. But that's the one thing that gives me some hope, whereas in turn that's also the one thing that worries me is Xavier Hutchinson is a really good receiver, and we've seen really good receivers hurt West Virginia. You know, I'm thinking of Xavier Worthy against Texas. But like I said, Charles Woods is the silver lining because looking last week, against TCU, as bad as West Virginia was hurt in the passing game, he did a good job on Quentin Johnston, holding him in only four catches and under 80 yards receiving. And a lot of the times that's because they use Charles Woods manned up on Johnston, and I'm expecting something similar with Xavier Hutchinson this week. But I think Hunter Deckers is a good quarterback. He may be even a more capable passer than Brock Purdy was. He's a lefty, so that's different. I don't think West Virginia's seen a lefty this season. Jarrell Brock at running back, I think he's capable, but – they haven't been able to get that run game going this season. I don't expect them to against West Virginia. And, of course, you always got to watch for the tight ends when you play Iowa State as well. So I'm a little concerned, but Charles Woods gives me hope. Hopefully getting Jacoby Spells and Moo back as well gives me a little bit more hope. So I don't know. I think West Virginia has a chance here. Like I said, Iowa State offense has struggled. And I think really what this game's going to do is it's going to show you how bad off West Virginia is defensively because we've seen how bad Iowa State has struggled you heard me read off some of the numbers this year. If they come out and, you know, have a, Hunter Deckers has a career day, Iowa State puts up, you know, 400-plus total yards of offense. That just kind of will go to show you just how bad things are for this West Virginia defense because I feel like this has a chance to be a game where the West Virginia defense puts on what we could say is their first, you know, truly good performance of the season maybe. I don't know. We'll see, though. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, let, let's hope that, that West Virginia comes out and shows life, but I mean, let's just, let's just not sugarcoat it. This is the worst season that we've seen in our lifetime up to this point. Um, in, in my opinion, um, it got off to the worst start that we've seen. Um, but it's definitely the worst defense that I've ever seen on the well, back end. Here's the thing. I think you can, you can make the argument for Rich Rod's first year, 2001, when they went, you know, three and nine, and you can make the argument for 2013, Dana's, you know, third year, I think it was. Our second year in the Big 12, we went four and eight. But the difference yeah. to me is you ex- kind of expected to be bad those those seasons. You kind of knew it yeah. going in. This year, no one expected to be this bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, 2001, I, I, I'm talking about the ones that I remember. I, I 2001, I was very young. I, I don't – I vaguely remember that one. Uh, 2013, I, I thought that's the one that I most compare, compare it to. Um but at least in 2013, you had an offense. You know what I mean? You well, you know, that, that 2013 team, they went 4-8, and eight, but one of those wins was over a top-10 Oklahoma State team. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, and like you said, exciting offense. At least it was explosive and fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, arguably with some of the most exciting and talented players in school history. You know what I mean? So, yeah, this team doesn't have that. I don't in any facet. I mean, I just don't see what makes it. What makes anyone who's scrolling through games on a Saturday want to flip on a West Virginia football game other than their opponent? Mm-hmm. I know. That's that's the bad thing that that's kind of where we're at right now. And like, I also hate the fact that where we're at right now is for the second straight season and really for the fourth straight year of the Neil Brown tenure, you know, the first few you can, you know, make a case for, you know, give them a break on whatever you want to say. But I hate the fact that the point the West Virginia football program at is now is that we're just in the second half of seasons just saying, oh, man, hopefully we can get to six and make it to a bowl game. Like that's the standard right now. Like that's that's what we're hoping for. Like at like best case scenario, oh man, I hope we can make it to a bowl game. And that that's just you know, I don't know. It's, that sucks. And in all likelihood, that won't happen. I I don't see a game that we're going to win on this schedule. We may win one of the last uh, two home games that we have, surely because they're home games that we just we've been playing better at home this season. Um, and that's the only time that we've played with any kind of fight in us other than respectively the pit game and the, in the Virginia tech games. Uh, but you know, how can you not show up in those games and, and not fight? Mm-hmm. If they would have showed up in those games and not fought, uh, we we would have a serious, I would, if they didn't fire Neil by now, if that were the case, then I'd be very upset. One very upset fan. I'd agree. I'd agree. So still an upset that- fan, but, I mean, I mean, how can you not be right now? And like I said, that's what that's what the bad thing about this season is. It's one of the worst we've seen in our lifetimes, like you said, and it's one that no one I think saw coming. No one expected this at all. I mean, when the line came out of you know five wins at Vegas, I think we all smirked at it like all oh, easy money. I don't know myself. I'm sure a lot of other people took the over on that really quickly and. Uh, Vegas is looking like the smart ones and we're looking like idiots right now. Well, I mean, that's, that's, that's the most frustrating thing about being a West Virginia fan in my mind is cause we're, we're always the ones, you know, we're, we're always the ones that want to prove people wrong. You know, that's what makes the Fiesta Bowl so great. And in, in a lot of respects is the 83% wrong, you know, that's right. shown widely on there. Same thing with the sugar bowl, same thing, you know, in basketball, when we go to the final four that year in 2010 and, you know, a lot of those West Virginia fans were like, yeah, we, we knew that we had a chance to do this. And everybody's like, really? No one, we knew, we didn't know Joe were this good. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then, and that's what so we thrive on. We, we exactly, we thrive on that as a fan base. So, so when we feel like we should be good and we have the talent to be good and everybody else is looking at us and we're like, they're, you know, giving us the shoulder and and telling us that we're not going to be good predicting three and three to five wins when that actually happens at that i mean it's a shot to the heart as a fan base you know what i mean so especially to some other some of these other fan bases that have always looked down on west virginia who are doing well right now not to name anyone personally with a giant t but yeah, that's one thing I heard somebody mention. It's crazy to think of what difference uh, like four years can make, right? 2018, first game of the season, played Tennessee. It's 40 to 14. We go on that season, you know, should have played for a Big 12 championship at least, if not more, whatever. That's a different discussion. But here we are. Flash forward four years later, both teams have a new coach. 
Tennessee college football playoff rankings came out the day that we're recording this. Guess who's number one team in the country is in the college football playoff rankings? Tennessee, rightfully so. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't like them, but I respect them. Yeah, and then look where West Virginia is. You know, they have a new coach as well. Same time frame that they beat that Tennessee team forty to fourteen, and West Virginia is playing a game the same week that Tennessee is ranked number one in the country in the college football playoff. West Virginia is playing a game trying to not be the worst team in their conference. That's <laughs> How much and, things have changed in just that short period of time. Yeah. And I haven't looked at the rankings, but West Virginia is is fighting to be the last, the dead last, at least defense in the country. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was in the hundred sums last time I looked at, 120s, 130s. So. Giving up 34 points a game, almost 35. It's just not. Yeah. And passing defense is definitely, I think, I think last time I looked, passing defense was the worst or next to worst, something like that. It was close. I'll have to look at it again. But I'm going to do a stat update uh, towards the end of the season or, you know, after the final game. I'm going to do that. I'll probably try to do it as a podcast episode as well. So you guys on the audio side can get that as well instead of just the video side. But we're going to do that and we're going to do a season prediction roundtable wrap up episode two where we talk about some of our predictions that we made and how those turned out and stuff like that. So a lot of fun things coming in the final few few weeks of the season, which is going to be an interesting few weeks for Mountaineer Nation for sure. I think there's going to be a lot to talk about, a lot of discussions to be had. Hopefully they're more positive than negative, but who knows, this game will go a long way in determining that. And in speaking of this game and positive or negative outcomes, that's a great way to transition into our key to victory and score predictions for this one. <laughs> All right, so key to victory and score predictions. Pretty self-explanatory segment here. Each going to provide what we feel like will be the key to a Mountaineer win in this one and then give our prediction as to if we think they will be able to pull that off and what the score of the game will be on Saturday. Steven, I'll let you lead us off here. What do you got this week? Uh, so this week I'm I'm going with what I've been harping on the entire uh, show and for the the better part of the season here, and I'm, I'm going to go with uh, – with play in the secondary, I, I think the coverage is play is going to play a, a a major role for a lot of the things that you mentioned earlier. I think that uh, you know they're going to try to to run the ball up, up the middle a lot. Um, I think that West Virginia will be semi successful in stopping that, and then they're going to be forced to go over top. Um, I think West Virginia is going to have to have to keep up on the backside if they're going to be, expect to to win, but to stay close. <laughs> at that i mean it's potentially i don't i don't know if it's going to be a blowout but i i strongly think west virginia has the strong chances for it to be a blowout and for a team this bad that that just is not going to be good yeah that would be very very bad very bad but uh i guess my prediction uh i'm going off the top of the head here guys you're getting you're getting surely from the heart and gut here uh, I'm going to go 35-28 Iowa State. That kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with, with mine because my key to victory in this one is going to be scoring over 30 points because I think if West Virginia can score over 30, you know, traditionally that's kind of been the sweet spot. West Virginia's record when they score 30, you know, or 31 or more points is really good, you know, in their history of, you know, playing football. But – I think when you look at this Iowa State team, as I said, they're holding their opponents, you know, under 20 points a game. I don't know if they've given up more than like 28 so far this season. So if you score over 30, 
I think you'd be maybe the first team to do so. I'm not 100% sure. I'd have to look at their schedule completely. But off the top of my head, I think so. But for West Virginia, I think if you get to 30, specifically 35, you should be able to win this game with how Iowa State's defense has played. I mean, offense has struggled this season, rather. And I think the Mountaineer defense, like I said, this has the potential to be their best game of the season if they can hold the Iowa State offense to the way that they have played earlier in the season. And even if you don't, and the Iowa State offense outperforms what they've been doing earlier in the season and scores, let's say, a touchdown more, that's probably still only going to be 28 points. So if you get to 30, you've got a great chance to win this football game. So that's kind of my major key is getting there as far as my prediction. Do I think the Mountaineers will be able to get there? I think they definitely are capable. They have the talent to do so. But I feel like the re- past you know two to three weeks, something just seems a little bit off with this offense and maybe a little bit off with JT Daniels. Who knows, maybe he's playing a little banged up. I think a lot of Mountaineer Nation would agree with that. So I just don't quite see them being able to get there, unfortunately, in my opinion. I'm going to have them falling just short. Score close to yours, Stephen, kind of similar, but I've got Iowa State on the winning side, 28 to 24 over the Mountaineers, unfortunately, getting their first Big 12 win. I think you're just coming up, you know, at a, catching them at a bad time. They have no conference wins. They're going to be very hungry to get their first conference win. They're playing at home, a place where they, you know, play their best, whereas you play your worst on the road, particularly in the Neil Brown era and, you know, particularly this season. And, of course, you beat them last season, so they have that motivating factor as well when they probably should have beat you. They were a better team than you. So I think you're catching them at a bad time. They have a lot of motivating factors. West Virginia struggle on the road. The toughness of Ames all play a factor. And unfortunately, I've got the Mountaineers falling to Iowa State in Ames this week. Yeah, it's hard to hard to argue against it, man. Even if, even if we are playing a team as bad as we are this weekend. And I hated to do it too, because you know, like I said, this kind of looks like the most winnable game on the schedule. I want to, I want to at least, hopefully, pick one more Mountaineer victory on a preview show. But you know, it's up to them to be able to give me that motivation to do so. And the way they've played on the road, I just can't go with them. But if they come out and win this Iowa State game, all bets are off for next week. Who knows? I might pick another win. Hey, I mean, I'm already looking forward to next week in a way, and uh, I might surprise some people depending on how they play this Saturday. I like it. Pick West Virginia win. I like it. So that's kind of our key to victory there and our score prediction, of course. Uh, We've talked about the matchups, talked a little off-topic babble, Mountaineer news in addition to all of those things. We'll get into our final thoughts here before we get ready to close this one out here on Season 5, Episode 146. Really appreciate you guys tuning in, whether you're on the video side or the audio side. You can find the audio version on any podcast platform you like. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, so do us a favor, leave us a rating. That'll really help us here. But if you're on the video side, tuning in, watching us, whether it be on the Country Roads webcast channel or on the WV Sports Now channel, as you can find us there on their channel and on their website there at WVSportsNow.com, as we are a part of their network there and a part of the Sports Now family of networks and be appreciative of those guys. But whether you're tuned in on their channel or our own, do us a favor while you're in here, hit the like button, give us that thumbs up. That'll help these videos performance and help future videos performances on the channel. And if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. Helps us, helps you, helps get more of this Mountaineer football content out to Mountaineer Nation. Having said that, Stephen, before we get up out of here for this week's uh, preview episode, any final thoughts, anything we missed or any 
news, you know, that you wanted to touch on, just anything you got for us. I actually don't believe so this this episode, man. I think I'm all uh, I'm all tapped out. I'm just I like it. Ready for basketball season. Didn't know that. Hey, right around the corner now. You know, speaking of, that's just kind of what I wanted to do is uh, give us a chance uh, to plug a little bit here. CRW Hoop Show coming out soon. That's going to be happening. And uh, I know traditionally in the past we haven't, you know, covered basketball too extensively. But now that we've got the YouTube side here on the Country Roads webcast, we're going to do that more. And, you know, for you guys on the audio side, that'll be, you know, a podcast episode a week. But um, also on the video side on YouTube for you guys, there'll be live streams and stuff, hopefully some post-game ones and then other things. There'll be plenty of content coming out on the channel for sure. So, like I said, if you're on the audio side, hop onto the video side uh, for a multitude of reasons. That's just one of them. Another one, of course, is our post-game shows. We do do post-game shows immediately following each football game that the Mountaineers played this season for the Voice of College Football Network here on YouTube. So wanted to give us a chance to plug that as well, immediately following the game. 3.30 kick, so our post-game show will start around 7.30 probably. So head over to the West Virginia channel there on the Voice of College Football, sub that up, and you can find us there for post-game shows this season. Other than that, plenty of content coming on the YouTube side of things. And for you guys on the audio side, of course, we'll have the Iowa State uh, review and reaction episode out at the after the completion of the game as well. Usually try and get that out Sunday or Monday for you guys. So plenty of content coming from us here on the Country Roads webcast team. And uh, as Mountaineer Sports in full gear, football season winding down, basketball season gearing up, and both will be in full effect here in the next few weeks. So there will be extra content coming. So no better time to subscribe than now. But having said that, we will get up out of here. Appreciate you guys tuning in here to Season 5, Episode 146 of the CRW Pod. As always, I'm Jordan for my co-host, Steven. Until next time, let's go Mountaineers. If you really want to know, then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those...